everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We reviewed the companionless Deadly Assassin, but before we get to that, I would like to introduce my good friend Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? It's going well, John. Just kind of starting to ramp up for Halloween here. How are you doing? I am. I'm doing quite well. I uh, just got back from the wonderful land of Disney. Nice. Uh, coming off that Disneyland high, which is, uh, you know, everything is wonderful right now. Right. <laughs> Speaking of holidays, right, they were probably all decked out for Halloween, weren't they? Yes, they were. We went to their um, holiday party they have where you have to buy a special ticket. And when you go in, oh. they give you a wristband and they kick everyone out of Disneyland that does not have the special wristband. And wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty epic. You can go around, get some candy, go on all the rides. I think the ride weight was basically non-existent. It was great. Amazing. So I recommend everybody go for the the Halloween party because the ch- uh, the ticket is cheaper and you get candy and those. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's good. That's awesome. That's good to go right there. <laughs> so we watched the Deadly Assassin, but before yeah. we you know before we get to that, we have some who news. Indeed, we do. And this uh, this first item here is uh, class started. Yesterday, well, not, not well, technically yesterday. Not technically yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will be, will we be reviewing it? Um, I guess you'll have to stay tuned till the end of that um, end of the episode here, indeed, to see if we <laughs> will actually review class. And also, episode three is going to be called "Night Visiting." Well, That's right correct. Then. I think they also released the title of episode four, but for the life of me, I couldn't find it once i once i read it well who knows if we're even going to review it i mean you'll just have to listen to this entire episode which hopefully you do anyway yes agreed if you're joining us for the first time hello what a what what a random episode to join us on (laughs) Uh, michelle gomez revealed that she's about to start filming so this may be episode six i believe that is a educated guess Yep. Always good to see Missy back. I I think she is one of the best parts. Well, I mean, a lot of parts are fantastic about last season of Doctor Who, or I guess this cast of Doctor Who, but I think she is one of the more fantastic parts of it. Definitely. Uh, There's going to be a whole line of Doctor Who-themed, yes, Mr. Men books. Have you, did you see that story? I, I did see that story, and the note here is, I must own them. And uh, yes, we all must own them. Definitely. I grew up with the little Mr. Men books as a, as a small child. So, I mean, I don't even care if my kids aren't just interested in reading them. I want them. Yeah. I they, have to have these. They look adorable, and I can't wait to uh, to see those in stores, hopefully, very soon. For sure. For sure. Uh, Peter Capaldi actually wants a Doctor Who story where the Doctor wakes up in the show Doctor Who. Now, I think <laughs> we have different opinions about this. We we might. This was one of the one of those pieces of news from New York Comic Con that I forgot to include in last episode. Yeah. Um, I I you know. <laughs> I would certainly be be open to this idea. It seems like 
it would be just bonkers enough to pull off. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't be where he it gets so meta that he's in the show. Maybe it's some sort of, you know, construct and he's trapped somewhere and he's, I don't know, got to get out of it or something. The only the only reason I kind of uh, balk at the idea of this is this is a very supernatural thing to do. Oh, is it really? I don't want supernatural. They've done something like this where there is a writer who is a he's kind of like a. Um, is it a precog? Okay, yeah. And he writes about them and writes about every one of their stories, but he's never met them before. He's like, I just created you. Oh, and geez. they go to uh, the supernatural cons, but it's not called supernatural, but it's like, it's very meta. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. it's done well, do not get me wrong, but I, I just am like, I... I don't know if we need that. I've I've never ventured down that path and into that show. And at this point, I don't really plan to. So I don't necessarily get all the references or the fandom, but... Super I, Hulock. Okay. <laughs> right. I, oh, my gosh. That's such a huge thing. Go, go wander into Tumblr for half a minute, and it's just like, where... Yeah. Is is this what happens when we have just a long periods of time between shows airing? Is this what we create for ourselves? <laughs> yes, it's this is where we are. Okay. And actually, now um, when you go to Gallifrey, they will probably do some Super Hulock in the variety show, which they do, and it's it's actually it's pretty funny. What I would want to see is some Super Hulock with like some pop and lock and write like some eighties <laughs> hip hop. Oh, that's what I want to see. Maybe they will do that. I don't. I don't if know. If you're going to Gallifrey One and you're gonna do something like that, I will. No, I will literally stand up and like wave something around my head and cheer you on. I don't know what I'll wave around my head, but I'll figure something out. Could it be Tom Baker's scarf? Um, wow, that would be really big, and I'd worry about hitting like eight people in the face with that. But I'd give it a shot. True, that could be problemsome. Yes. <laughs> Could be uh, a... Speaking of Tom Baker, right? Yeah, that's called a segue, folks. Nice. So we watched The Deadly Assassin, and it was starring Tom Baker as the Doctor. Absolutely no one as the companion. <laughs> uh, Llewellyn Rees as the president. Bernard Horsfall as Chancellor Goth. And Peter Pratt as the master. It was written by Robert Holmes and directed by, I guess, my personal favorite, David Maloney. Right. It first aired. Oh, look at that. We are, um, we almost yeah. hit the, uh, the 30, 30 years. No, no, not 30, dude. 40. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Um, it first aired October 30th to November 20th, 1976. And holy moly, do we have some story notes here? We, we do, and not to mention that I, I love the fact that we are reviewing this episode almost exactly 40 years after it first aired, and let's be honest, 40 years after I was about maybe 45 days old. Mazel tov. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you ready for some story notes? Well, let's There's, do this. There's so, so many. Much. So many. Uh, so this is the only companionless story in Classic Who. Uh, Tom Baker was convinced that he could carry the show on his own, and the production staff was like, I, yo, prove it. <laughs> um, this is a story where we get a ton of Time Lord lore. 
uh, dumped on us. We, we get the Matrix, we get Rassilon, uh, we get the Time Lord robe and headdresses. Um, we find out there's actually different chapters of Time Lords, kind of like how there's different Pokemon Go teams. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and this is also the story in which we get the uh, first mention of the 12 regeneration limit. Yes. You know, I have that down as a note. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you confirmed it here that it is indeed the first time we hear about the 12 regeneration limit, which has now been somewhat debunked. Well, yeah, for and, and special even, occasions. Yes. Well, I think we've we've proven that that Time Lords will break any of their rules if it suits them. Yeah, we we'll talk about we'll talk about this rambunctious bunch in a little bit here. Indeed, we will. And speaking of rambunctious bunches, there's a segue. Uh, shabogans. I love the word shabogans. Are apparently hooligans. <laughs> on, who who knew Gallifrey even had hooligans? The hooligans. The, yes. Oh my gosh. If and ruffians. Do you think they had ruffians as well? They might have had ruffians, but I suddenly am now thinking of hooligans like oh. dr dr hooligan how is <laughs> we need to look and see if that somebody's taken that as a podcast name because that would be the anyway, hooligans i'll look it up that would be really cool um the eye of harmony apparently sits below the citadel on gallifrey yeah and in um the tv movie i believe it sits in the tardis right hanging out uh yeah or there's a link to it yeah i'm not 100 percent sure uh oh, tv movie <laughs> Um, apparently there is a slang term for, re- for regeneration. Do you know what it is, John? Yes, it is a facelift. It is. Which, did you get a facelift? Why, yes, I did. A couple, which is a great line in this. Yes, exactly. Um, there's a, a character in here, uh, Barusa. Uh, he was actually a teacher to the first doctor at the Time Lord Academy. Yes, uh, we also we know that the Doctor's TARDIS is a Type Forty, but apparently only three hundred and five Type Forty TARDISes were ever made. Huh? Look at that. So it's it's rare. It's like I'm trying to think of an automotive reference here, and I'm. Do you think somewhere on the console is just like one o three of three o five or something like that? Like like the serial number? Yeah, something? there probably is. I swear. In one or two stories, there there was some sort of like plaque either on the console or or on the wall that actually had like the build data. I seem to remember that. Someone's going to chime in and be like, oh, it was this episode and this scene. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, continuing on, we, we are only like halfway through the story notes. Yeah, folks. there's Stick a bunch. There's some good ones, too, though. So sit, sit tight. Um, Roger Murray Leach works on the show reused his symbol from Revenge of the Cybermen as the seal of Rassilon. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody really wanted to come up with some sort of crazy bonkers uh, who conspiracy theory about the Cybermen and the Time Lords, that's just waiting to happen right there. Like they were first created by the Time Lords as some sort of... You know what, though? That reminds me of... That is a very Green Lantern-ish storyline. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I believe um, the, the um, uh, I I'm, I'm losing thought here. They created like a new type of Green Lantern to combat um, 
kind of police more and they were more robotic and under their control and it was actually kind of frightening because they okay they took people either willingly or unwillingly and converted them into these weird almost cybernetic green lanterns it was strange i didn't like it that sounds very cyberman like anyway so i mean that would be that would be an interesting twist if we find out that early time lords were actually making cybermen wouldn't that be crazy that's where they originated from and that's why the daleks hate us so much yeah there you go (laughs) there you go i like that this story features an all-male cast short of one female voice who's the computer uh it's the first story to be set solely on gallifrey and feature only Gallifreyan. Real okay, so that's the first. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, no humans were involved in the making of this. Well, I guess they were involved. <laughs> they were involved. They yes. Them. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a scene. I think it's in the the third episode of the story, where there's a biplane. <laughs> yes. And flying around and chasing and shooting after the doctor and stuff. So that particular plane, it's a 1949 Stamp SV.4C. Um, the one used in filming, uh, its registration is G-AWXZ, was also used, get this, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and the Brendan Fraser classic, The Mummy. That's cr- <laughs> that's crazy. Self, same plane. That's insane. Wow. First of all, uh, props to whoever keeps that in running condition. Right. Um, I guess that also answers my question of i guess they rented this plane just for this because i was at first thinking it might have been stock footage but i think there's a shot of it like passing over him at one point kind of a very north by northwest yes yes where it buzzes him yes exactly that's awesome that's really i know and i actually really love the mummy i think that's a great movie i do too yeah honestly brendan fraser kind of he'll do like you know two really good movies and have just a stinker and then he'll do like two really good movies and have like a total stinker. Yes. He's just got like this pattern. I don't know what it is. Uh, but the mummy was a good one. I totally enjoy it. Um, and our last story note, we made it folks. The end it. of episode three, uh, originally features a drowning sequence with the doctor. It was actually so scary that it was wiped from future airings. And on top of that, Tom Baker is actually incredibly aquaphobic. Re- wow. That is, um, yeah. So this footage exists somewhere. I I guess. Well, I mean, with, you know, these old ones, you never know. Yeah, I don't know if there is still an original uh, uh, print of that scene. I don't recall seeing it very obviously. You know, it's not like there's a close-up of his face, like, underwater Ooh, in that nuts. swamp of swords. Creepy. So, yeah. Taylor, as always, you ah. have a world-famous synopsis for us. Take it away, sir. And this one I am um, unusually proud of, which means I'm going to think it's awesome and everybody else is going to be like, dude, what the hell? (laughs) Tonight on CSI Gallifrey, the doctor's called back to HQ, but finds himself framed for the death of the outgoing president. As old white guys conduct an internal investigation, it's up to the doctor to root out the evil and prove his innocence. Cue sunglasses moment and yeah! Dent. Brought to you tonight by Chocolate Covered Wrestling. Nice. Nice. We did it. Uh, Good job. Okay. So before we actually get into our notes, I just want to mention that the last 
serial before this one was entitled The Hand of Fear, and that yes. was Elizabeth Slayton's last regular appearance as Sarah Jane Smith in Doctor Who. So that is why our Doctor is traveling back home. He's not bringing any friends back home. My mom will freak out if I bring people with me. I gotta go by oh, myself. Man. Oh, man. I don't want her all up in my business. Yeah, right. Ask me why my face is different. I don't have to explain to her. <laughs> so we so we opened the serial, and I guess the other thing we should mention is um, the way the versions that Taylor and I acquired our cut is very strange. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if we are off by like a minute or two, and when we say, and that was the end of part one. Just know that. Let's. I guess just leave it at that. Yeah, roll with us, folks. I don't think we missed anything. No. Somebody was just like, they get it. I don't need to leave in the opening credits every time, which is annoying because I love the opening credits. I know, right? So this episode opens with scrolling text that is complete with narration by Tom Baker. Yeah, and so I, weird. I was so blown away. I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is new. Have we ever seen this before? No, I don't think so. I can't I can't think of any other story that that has this. It's it's um it's very interesting and the the opening is is very bizarre as we see the doctor watching someone murder or shoot some guy and then it turns out that it's him holding the gun. Right. And it's like, whoa, what just happened? And he gets this kind of premonition thing going on. Yeah, and he's in the um the TARDIS and he's traveling by himself, as we stated, to Gallifrey, and he has this Dude, I love this TARDIS console. The alternate console room, yes. It it was um badass. It's it, <laughs> in some ways it reminds me of every like old house you walk into where when they, you know, built the house they're like, "Hey, let's put wood on every effing surface possible." <laughs> um, and in other ways it's it is it's very ornate and kind of Victorian and um I'm trying to remember exactly why they have to start using the alternate console room. And, and I have a feeling that our good friend Mike is sitting there going, well, duh, it's because of this. And he's going to tweet at me uh, once he hears this. But for the life of me right now, I can't remember why they're using this alternate room right now. Well, I guess we will never know unless unless Mike yells at us. Which yeah. is he won't yell at us. He'll just say, hey, guys, this is, this is it. He's like exactly. our historian. He is our... Um, Oh, stat guy, like at the end of um, PTI, which is um, never mind. That's a sports reference. Um, okay, that's that's all right. Either the, <laughs> either that, either that, or or my friend Olav from uh, Paranoia Magazine, who also is a font of Doctor Who knowledge, will be like, "Well, duh, it's because they were using this." One of those two guys. I either, bet you anything will tweet us. Either way, I am totally fine with being told why things have happened. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. Um, Here's something that I found very funny. So the so the TARDIS lands in I believe it's it's basically like where the high council is, right? Like in the tower, yeah. like in the sub yeah, basement the, or something. Yeah, like somewhere in the citadel, I think. And they send some guards down there, and the funny the first funniest thing is uttered in this episode where someone says, "Set 
your stasers. Yes. So we couldn't use stun gun and we couldn't nope. use lasers. We couldn't use taser either. <laughs> we couldn't use tasers. So there's stasers. So we combined all the words and came up with a staser, which looked like it was made out of doozer sticks. <laughs> Again, yep. and all the guns did that, like sniper staser. That yes, I completely had a note about that sniper rifle. It's just yeah, it's nothing but doozer sticks. Just so many, so many uh, homages to the late great Jim Henson. <laughs> Before they ever happened, it's yes. amazing how the Time Lords work. No, wait, when did this? This seventy six. Seventy six. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Fraggle Rock was not until the eighties. Yes. My bad. All good. Oh, so he was doing an homage to Doctor Who. Now I go. love Jim Henson even more. <laughs> How is that possible? I don't know. Jim Henson's pretty awesome. So the do- so the doctor knows that he's surrounded, and he's kind of just hanging out in the in the TARDIS, and he's writing a note, mm-hmm. and then he kind of gives gives the guards the slip. And such I don't, a great way. In, in such a great way, he leaves his scarf and coat and hat behind, and we mm-hmm. get a scarfless and coatless doctor who's basically he just looks like. I would he look like a beatnik? Um, Is no, that a character? I, I I don't think that he would necessarily look like a a, a beatnik per se, because um, beatniks were a lot more turtleneck beret, That's snap true. their fingers in cafes. Um, this is more like um, Tom Baker decided to go to the Ren Fair yes. on Pirate Weekend, but didn't have a complete outfit, so he wore this. Perfect. That is, yes, that is much better. And he <laughs> does, he's he's very crafty, this doctor. He does this um, elevator trick, which I have uh, actually never had to use, and I kind of want to. Right. Where he, he presses the up button and then closes the doors and runs away, but he does not go into the elevator. So the guards think he's gone up in the elevator and they're like, we should, we should go find him, I guess. <laughs> so uh, the, we're, we're kind of between two scenes we're be- between the doctor kind of avoiding getting captured. And we are also with, oh, we're with the high council kind of, I'm, and I'm trying to remember the two main guys names. There's, there is, there's, um, there's Castellan. Castellan, yes, and and he he is he is the the, the kind of German sounding efficiency expert amongst the Time Lords. <laughs> the so the other thing about him is I was like I don't think is this guy a good actor I don't know if he is <laughs> I couldn't tell because there were some parts where he was just it just seemed like he was reading his lines like off camera. Yeah. Was he also the one that was kind of like hosting the Gallifrey and BBC live thing? No, that's Runcible. Runcible, what a name. Yes, oh my god, and he's the flightiest uh, Gallifrey I think I have ever (laughs) seen. Confirmed. Now, John, I, I have to kind of pause just for a moment. This is kind of cinema verite in podcast form here. I've, I've just had a friend of mine. Uh, her name is Soda. I kid you not. Well, that's Soda? Her name. her name is Soda. Soda.popper, P-O-P-P-E-R, on Instagram. She has just tagged me in a photo. She is sitting here in front of um, Apple iTunes looking at Podcastica and is asking me 
which one she should listen to first. Oh my goodness. I would I would tell her this one because I'm referencing her in it, but I almost I, I see, I, I I see might... this. I see this. Are you oh are you looking at it now? I'm looking at it now too. That's that what? is um that is a question for the ages. Isn't it? I mean, you could always do as my well, no, because you're not on the first episode. I'm not. I was going to say you could always do as my theater or my film teacher told me is uh, where do we start when reviewing something at the beginning? That's true. I don't know, uh-huh. man. That's that's a good question. You know what? I would say maybe start at um, The Magician's Apprentice. Okay. Right? That's um, That's the first episode of season nine, right? Yep. Maybe there or start with a... Uh, Start with um one of our classic episodes. Actually, you know what? She should just start with um sleep no more. Oh God, really? Why not? I thought that I thought we did a very good job on that episode. I'll mention both of those, um, and I will also mention that we are recording right now and talking about her. Yes. <laughs> As we record, who knows if this will make it in or not? Why not? Why not? The people want to hear this. Us give people recommendations. Indeed. If you folks need recommendations about which podcast episodes to listen about, tag us on the night we just happen to be recording. Yes, indeed. Just do that. All right. There we go. Now, let's get back. Let's get back to to the problem at hand. So we're in between two scenes, and we're up in the high console room, and they're kind of... they're. Piecing together, like, what is this a Type Forty? Like, okay, bring up it's and as you said in in your synopsis, this is very like it's a very crime drama y Doctor Who. Oh, it, it more so than is. like every other episode. <laughs> and they, <laughs> this this more so yes. And they uh they they look up the TARDIS and they see that only I think one's missing, right? Yeah, out of three hundred and five ever made and obviously they were all registered yes uh, it was um, 306 they, they, they were yeah they were they were like all recalled or discontinued or taken off the roads so to speak except one which of course is a doctor's yes and it's they're trying to figure out who the pilot of this tardis is and i i'm like how is his name not in this first document at all? Right? Like he left. You can know when this I would I feel like this would be documented. Totally. So that I right absolutely off the bat. Agree. Right off the bat, I was very confused by that. I think we also around this point get the mention and like my first eye roll of the of the serial, uh the CIA. Yeah. Oh, yes, the Celestial uh, <laughs> Intervention Agency, which, oddly enough, Ace winds up working for eventually. I thought that. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we definitely have some political commentary. Oh, yes. In this story. And, and, boy, does a lot of it still ring true 40 years later. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we've got a typical part one. You are jumping between a lot of different threads. I think somewhere in here I have a note note that I did not pick this because it's election time. <laughs> no, but it would have been very fitting. Yes, and so the the main backstory is the it's not the cardinal, is it? No. The president, it's the president yes. of Gallifrey is stepping down and they are going to appoint a new president. Right. And he he basically gets to pick the next president. It's presidential resignation day. Yes. And 
he <clears throat> is well we don't get we're not at that part yet no uh, we why, will be soon why are the cardinals lips silver i thought that was very strange ah uh, i don't have an actual reason for it um I, I don't know maybe if it was something in in filming and the quality of the film at that time you know like way back in the old black and white days they would actually do makeup a very special way so that it actually uh, created a greater contrast ah. on film maybe he's secretly part of uh immortan joe's uh, <laughs> army yeah i was waiting for that <laughs> yeah yeah what a what a lovely day or oh, a presidential resignation. Day. Yes. So, and throughout this, there are so many cloaked figures. Oh, my goodness. Cloaked <laughs> figures everywhere. And one of the cloaked yep. figures bears a striking resemblance to Skeletor. And I thought, what is Skeletor doing here? Oh, my God. Yes. And then I slowly realized that I have looked up the Master's Wiki page Many a times, which has a little, it has um, all the pictures of all the people who played the master, mm-hmm. and there, there is our Skeletor. And boy, oh boy, do they really take some effort to do some decent close-ups yes. of this makeup, which is really, really kind of gross. Yes, it is. So, I mean, we'll, we'll go more in depth to the, the reason why the master looks like this. A little, we will. a little later on, um, but yeah, but, he looked very gross. Oh yeah, and 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 it, I mean, there are a few things that will squick me out, but this was starting to feel like I'm like, oh, oh, it, he's wet, and it's ugh. Um, but we can't we can't neglect the fact that at one point we are introduced uh, to Chancellor Goth, and I'm sitting here listening to this man talk, and I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. Why the hell does he remind me so much of Gulliver from The Mind Robber? <laughs> oh, because it is. Yes. Um, which I also, th- I, I had noticed in the, when I was picking this story that he was in this, in this story as, you know, when, because the reason I picked this is because of the director, because I really enjoyed The Mind Robber so much. Right. And I'll get a little bit into how this is shot a little later, but yes, he brought some people along with him. <laughs> well, and it's great because if you go and you look at Bernard Horsfall's um, IMDb page, that man has been in a lot. He was even in Braveheart. Really? Yes. Huh. I... Quite impressive list of stuff that this guy has been in. So did not know that. I doff my cap to him. So we have it. A doctor sneaking around. At at this point, he's just wearing a T-shirt, basically, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. just. I'm like, oh, it's Tom Baker in street clothes. Mm-hmm. Just uh, he's very skinny. <laughs> he is. How did he carry that giant coat and that giant scarf around? Uh, I don't know. So he he's t- he um acquires some robes and he <laughs> yes. hits. He I hits, love that bit. Yeah, he hits the floor, and that's when he meets up with his old friend, who's uh, Runcible. That's when he meets up with Runcible. Yes. And kind of explains... Hey, Gallifrey News. Yes. (laughs) And he reminds (laughs) him of who he is, and he goes, have you had a facelift? And he goes, several so far. Uh Uh-huh. Which is very nice. And there's a lot of panic kind of going on, because the doctor's trying to find the person who shoots the president. But I feel like... I mean, if he was in that premonition, he would have known that he was holding the gun. 
Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think what he's trying to do is ensure that that doesn't happen because I don't think he himself believed that, that he, he would. Did, yeah. So he travels up to, I, I guess, like a little perch. I think he sees the gun set up. Uh, yeah, because um, whoever, you know, is doing this assassining, assassinating. Yeah, Shakespeare made up the that word works. assassin. I'll make up assassinating. Yes, um, is uh, up in the exactly what it is the the perch where uh, Runcible's cameraman is. Yes, uh, and he and he kills the cameraman. Of course, nobody can hear you die over the organ music that's playing at the moment. <laughs> um, True. And and yes, assembles the candy doozer stick rifle. And he he's looking around, it seems, for the shooter. Yes. And he doesn't find him. He takes he takes fire and s- supposedly strikes down the president. And the <laughs> that is certainly what it looks like. And uh, one of the extras says, "We live in evil times." <laughs> and I went, I'm convinced. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced they had to hire every old white male actor in the entirety of England to oh, be in this episode. Definitely. We live in evil times, and I have this this written down, and I feel like this is something that Runcible says to the camera. And I, I pose this question to you. Um, what, okay. are the, what are the Time Lords not in disarray? Uh, like ever? Maybe. Maybe every single time we don't see them oh, in okay. an episode, we only just happen to see them where the doctor has to come back and interact with them when things are just in utter chaos. For they, they are always in disarray. They are always in disarray. Yes. Um, and, you know, speaking of musings, I have to wonder because there's a lot of pomp and you know circumstances the the president comes out and uh we have our our different uh groups of of time lords the peer uh pridonians and and the other yes i can't remember for the life of me they all wear Um, different colors yes and they all wear different colors so there's team mystic and there's oh no no um turn it sorry um and I, I'm, I'm, I half wonder if a lot of this this Time Lord pomp is is actually commentary on like like the pomp and circumstance in in like the Catholic Church. Oh, because I, I felt like watching this, I saw some parallels between the two. And I was like, well, maybe they're getting inspiration from that or, or, or maybe they are um, not lampooning it, but but kind of using it as a commentary on it. I don't know. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either. So the doctor um, strikes down the president, and I believe we get an abrupt ending here. A very abrupt ending. And John goes, wait, Don't worry what? about the end credits. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened? So we move on. I literally had to go back in and be like, oh, wait, did, did, did I lose the connection? Oh, nope, that's actually <laughs> where it ended. Okay. Yeah, I had to double check I was because I was on a computer that didn't have my usual... Uh, VLR player. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe it just cut off weird because the format's different. I don't know. But nope, that's just uh, how it goes this time that's around. That's how it goes. So we capture the doctor, and he is like, I didn't know. Nope, not me. Yeah, he's being snarky. <laughs> yes, he's being very snarky. 
and I believe there's a line because they're like, "Hey, we're gonna kill you now. Um, we're gonna vaporize you." And he says, "Vaporization without representation." That's beautiful. And I I laughed pretty hard at that. I did too. So he wants a trial, so they're gonna give him a trial, and he is just like not taking this seriously at all. <laughs> no, but I find it hilarious that he's like, I've been framed, and they're like, framed. What's framed? Oh yes, and he has they... to explain it to them. Like framing does not happen on Gallifrey. Yes, they don't understand the Earth term of being framed. Yeah, um, he's doodling during the trial, which I thought was beautiful. Oh, I thought he was just volunteering to be sketch artist. <laughs> well, maybe he was actually doing that too. I... What I want to know is that actually tom baker drawing like i mean is that literally his ability or did somebody draw most of it and be like all right here tom you know just finish it off while you're doing the scene there honestly i would not be surprised if tom baker is a fantastic artist <laughs> wouldn't that be great i'm like i want some original tom baker art to hang on my wall oh definitely that would be great i would <laughs> love that so uh the doctor invokes article 17 which i guess says i, I want to run for president yes Surprise, mother! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty smart on his on his part because it buys him about I think it was what forty eight more hours. Uh, yes, or the equivalent of two and a half episodes of Doctor Who. Right, quite, quite. <laughs> so it th- this is where it turns basically into a murder mystery where the Doctor is the accused murderer. Um, At least he's not Angela Lansbury. That is very true. <laughs> Though I wonder how that episode would have gone. Oh, my goodness. That would have been... Oh, boy. Cue the intro music to Murder, She Wrote. So we're doing a little bit of investigating. We're we're going to the crime scene. We're trying to figure out what's going on here. And uh, Runcible goes to check the the camera well. The camera well. That's what it's called. So he goes to check the camera well, and he he pass. We hear him scream and then pass out. Yes, you can be runcible, which is hilarious. And then in a, in a strange turn of events, we because we could not find the the body for of the cameraman. Of right? the cameraman. Like we're, yeah. we're like, well, if he's dead, where's the body? And everyone's like, well, I don't know. So it turns out that um, the master somehow shrunk him. And put him in the like one of the the lenses. Yes, he was turned into a GI Joe figure. It, yeah, he he's basically turned into a GI Joe figure. I remember watching this and just going like, "Wait, what is happening right now? What is the, the master has his the master's weapon is a matter compression uh, ray or something like that. A matter compression ray, which I hope the government right. is working on right now. I wouldn't that be great? I would. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it so I, ha- I i have to you know i have to give peter pratt a lot of credit for when the master has a speaking role he certainly sounds like roger delgado now do do we know what the whole deal with that is why a different actor was playing it yes yes because delgado had passed a few years earlier and they just didn't want to recast an actual like person with a face i that part i'm not so sure on i mean maybe the master looking this way kind of played into um the plot that they had written so they're like well 
you know, we just need somebody to basically wear a damp mask. Yeah. With no lips. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I, and that that actually also plays into, well, why does he look this way? Well, now we got to figure that out. Right. Um, and that, I think, does play in because we, we get the discussion about being at the end of your regeneration cycle. Yes. And um, obviously he's really, really at the end of it. Yes, he is. So I believe at this part, Runcible dies around this part. Pretty close to it, yes, because I think there's some discussion where the 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 Time Lord Council they're like the Master. We don't know anybody called that, and the Doctor's like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, really? are you serious? What do you <laughs> what do you mean you don't know about this guy? And they kind of try to look him up, and they can't find him in their system. Which um, somebody needs to keep some better records. You figure you can uh, travel in uh, time and space. You should uh, at least have your books in order. Exactly. And I th- I think they're trying to oh, remind me because I was I took all handwritten notes because I was um I was watching this on my laptop in the yeah and I'm trying to remember as to how the doctor decides he needs to go into the matrix um oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy um there was. I feel like there was some talk about whether or not telepathy is real. And I kind of wondered if this is where the, get the whole idea of time Lords being able to recognize each other. Oh, and then isn't there a line where he says that the doctor has, or I'm sorry, the master has very high telepathy. Yes. So yes. Cause he's in like that control room with Castellan and the older dude whose name I don't remember. Yes. And I want to say that they go into the matrix or the doctor goes into the matrix because he feels uh, that I could be totally wrong. He feels like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff with, with math that like, he's a great mathematician Yes, and they feel like he is maybe hidden, hidden something within the matrix. Something like that because the, the matrix when, when a, a time Lord is, is basically when a time Lord dies, they, they take all his knowledge, all his memories and they load it into the matrix. Yeah. Because they, they actually kind of use it to try and predict what's going to happen in the future, despite being Time Lords and being able to travel into the future. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, will, we will leave that giant loophole over here. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. So d- despite whatever the reasoning for going into the Matrix is, I think we can all just take satisfaction in knowing that once again in an episode of doctor who we got a nice we got some rock quarry it's back we do yeah and (laughs) we know it's the same wasn't the same one as last time i couldn't believe it i was like are you serious we're back Mm -hmm. in the rock quarry again john i kid you not ask anybody who like was raised on classic who and there are Two constants, corridors and rock quarries. That's a shirt right there. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, get, it I'll is. But not, it. but not before the doctor gets into this kind of well, we'll call it Matrix Land. Um, and there's a a lolligator. Uh, oh my goodness! I just I, have 
it just popped out of nowhere. And I'm like, lolligator. If there was any a t- any a time to use one of my swears for Doctor Who, it would be here. But I will not do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll just say, blank the heck is going on. What yes. is happening I- here? It, right, it, we. I think we we achieve new levels of bonkers here. Yes, this is this um, is bonkers. We get the alligator. There's there's laughing. There's a samurai. Right, all very kind of earthly things to see in a in a Gallifreyan computer. You know what else is funny? This is somewhat reminiscent, just like this scene where there's just like twelve thousand different things happening this is very reminiscent of the mind robber you know in a lot of ways i think you're right because we uh, shoot i mean there's like some kind of you know wartime esque are you my mummy dude in a gas mask yes I think, with the I horse think at one point he go ahead he's with the horse and they're both wearing gas masks that's right. That's right. And then he comes across like a railroad track and suddenly it's like when Thomas Tank Engine turns <laughs> bad. Yeah, and he's stuck in the train tracks and then he um gets run over by the train disappears. Yes. And it's just illusions and dreams and my favorite line from the doctor is I deny this reality. <laughs> yes. And thank you, Adam Savage. <laughs> Check your reality and substitute my own. Love that man. Um and the, and then what is up with just the two giant superimposed eyes on the rock? Oh well well before that he steps in like a dinosaur egg. Like he, he steps, did? yeah, he steps in this giant like egg, and it makes like a weird like noise, and then oh you see God. the eyes in the mountain, and it's just I'm... like crazy town USA or Gallifrey, I, I guess. <laughs> I must have been taking notes when that happened because I don't remember that at all. I had to go back and watch it because I was furiously writing, and then I heard and I was like, "What was that?" And I saw him like now, his foot in an egg. You... Now you know what my viewing experience is like because I do all handwritten notes. Oh boy, I do not because en- I do I, not I, envy you. I couldn't possibly run two screens and watch the episode and try to type at the same time. It would be impossible for me to do it. So I, I can just you know not look at the paper and write. Very true. That is probably I didn't mind taking the hand the handwritten notes. I just um, it was not what I was used to. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and listeners, bear with us, because I, I know it sounds like we're like, so what exactly happened at this part again? We're recording quite a few days after we would normally record, which means that, at least for me, it's been oh more than a week yes. since I've actually watched the episode. Uh, it's been like half a week for you, I think. Yeah, it's been about half a week, so it's a little <clears throat> more fresh in my brain, but not as fresh as it usually is. Right. We open part three with why not a clown? Uh, exactly. There's a clown, and the doctor is just. And I feel there's throughout this, the doctor is he's running, he's trying to climb up rocks, he's falling down rocks. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff happening, and so much. And this is where we get the plane that we talked about in the story notes, and. It is, um, it's chasing him and shooting at him. And I believe uh, a note I have here is, uh, just shout, you deny things and they'll go away. So there you go, it's, folks. That's how life works. That's, that's, that's at least how the matrix works. Oh wait, that's at least how 
The Matrix works. Oh, The Matrix. Neo, let me tell you about The Matrix. <laughs> if only I the doctor... I'm, I'm looking for a Mr. Anderson reference, and I'm like, I can't. There's just the doctor. Yes. We've been expecting you. If only, if only the doctor was in the Matrix movies, that would have made them so much better <laughs> and more bonkers. Uh, I have a note written here that just says jungle shenanigans. There was quite a lot of jungle shenanigans because I think at at one point, I mean, there is this figure that we start seeing who is stalking the doctor, looking very much like a uh, an, a hunter out on the savanna, but wearing like a, a black nylon over his head. And I yes. think the only thing that would have made him more stereotypical would have been a, a brash Aussie accent. <laughs> yes, I'm very surprised he did not have that accent. But yeah, it, he had like an right. elephant gun. Now he didn't have an it, elephant gun. but No, but but had, had a rifle, had the hat, had the khakis, had all of that, had a, a backpack full of gear that the doctor gets a hold of and he starts basically cobbling together stuff and and all that's going through my head is the macgyver theme song <laughs> i was um he is completely macgyvering this yes and i was also like if this isn't real why is he trying to drink water good point <laughs> i was just like i mean i i understand it's a thing with the mind and all that and it's not a really reality so they're just making him think he's thirsty but i was like he didn't he denied an airplane can't you deny thirst? He he denied a wound. Oh, yes. He denied the wound. <laughs> That's what I forgot to put in my yeah. notes. He he at one point gets injured, and he has, like, this cut. And I is this, like, the first time we see the doctor bleed? Uh, I think so. And he goes, I deny this reality. And the wound is like, all right, cool. See you later. And disappears. Right. <laughs> and I, I really liked... I think this is when I first started going, all right, I'm I'm liking what we're doing with the directing here. We had a lot of close-up shots. Um, mm-hmm. There's some really close-up shots of the doctor's hands, and they were all muddy. So you could tell, like, he, he, he had been in it for a while. And yes, it was just, exactly. like, it was very cool. A lot of tight shots, not a lot of wasted scenery, which was great. And uh, the, the doctor... <laughs> Is, with the sipping the mud, I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Now, does he lay the trap before this? Before he goes to sip the mud? Because I feel like oh. he goes to... Um... Oh, no. Yes, it is before this. He, okay. The doctor t- goes to... I guess for some reason, this big game hunter is like, I'm going to leave my pack with grenades and stuff <laughs> right. just out and about. And the doctor gets a hold of it, and he puts the uh, grenade in a tree and ties a string that is attached to the backpack Mm -hmm. to the grenade pin. Yep. And when the big game guy comes to pick up the backpack, he pulls it, um, the pin comes out, and the grenade starts rolling and, like, blows up and hurts the the big game hunter. And he's like, ha-ha, and starts running. Yes. And uh, if there's one thing, if there's another thing I've learned, it's uh, never bl- bring a blow dart gun to uh, an actual gunfight. That, I, I can't think of greater words of wisdom than those. <laughs> he, he, he fastens this, this blow dart gun and shoots the big game hunter. And the, <laughs> the guy's like, ow, and then proceeds to shoot the doctor. I know. Like, did you not think he would shoot? 
Right. No effort to get out of the way. Now, the the other thing about the blow dart is, did he? Are we to believe he poisoned it, or because that wound was? It was a big bubble on that guy's leg. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to assume that he did, because why else would you use a blow dart? Now, th- throughout this, I believe the master we see his mind control, and he goes to send he sends someone to where the doctor is in the matrix. Yes. And the the guy keeps trying to, he keeps, I think he keeps trying to disconnect the doctor before it's, uh, yeah, before disconnect he, the doctor or, or tweak some sort of setting or, or something. He, he keeps like reaching for this knob. He basically is trying, he's trying to kill the doctor and yeah. the, who is the man that is sitting with the doctor? Uh, it, it's Castellan. Castellan and, 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 and the, the old guy who like, oversees the matrix yeah so the old guy who oversees the matrix ends up doesn't he he kills this guy right because he keeps oh, yeah. trying, he keeps trying to touch the controls and he's like stop trying to touch my stuff and shoots him yeah boom <laughs> i was like well no, well then <laughs> that's yeah. one way to take care of. i like this old guy he's cool <laughs> So the the doctor I I feel like he he may have set another trap but I was kind of confused at this point. It's revealed I that the too. the big game hunter is actually goth. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's on fire. Yeah, where where did that come from? That, I, ha- I feel like that literally came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, boom, he's on fire, the lake's on fire, and everything's on fire. Is there fracking nearby? I was so confused, and I'm glad that you were confused too because I had no clue. It, it was. It, it, the episode was messy at this point. The fight was messy at this point, and there was burning. Oh, yes, the fight. Swamp fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> Swamp fist fight. I think that was... Um, a low-budget sci-fi movie at one point. I think so. Yeah. In the early days, when it was spelled it, correctly. Yes. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> so... Siffy. Siffy is what Siffy. I call it now. So the Siffy. doctor flees, and there are a bunch of explosions in the rock quarry, which is, you know, yep. a favorite. Our Power Ranger explosions. Yes, and he disappears in the smoke, which I thought was a very cool visual effect. Yes. And some pretty nifty camera work. <laughs> and oh, on to part four, unless you have anything else that I'm missing. I, no, although I love the line that part four opens with from the doctor. Which is? Oh, where he comes up out of the Matrix, and obviously he's he's hurting oh, uh, yeah. from his experience, and, and he makes some sort of comment about, about asking for a non-smoking room. Yes. Oh, Tom Baker, yeah. you're the best. My no first doubt. my first note for part four is Goth is pretty good at dying. Yep. He did a very good job at that. And Indeed. this is kind of when we've cracked the code that the master's behind it. And we're this is it's almost like we're wrapping up the story, but we haven't wrapped up the story, if that makes any sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. So Taylor, I don't know about you, but if I have three guys who are like high up, they're higher ups in, you know, Gallifreyan political society. Uh, one of them is the doctor who is an accused murderer, but you have the other two guys saying like, hey, the master did this. This is everything that happened. He killed this dude and all this stuff. I think I would necessarily believe them and not be like, mm, we should probably 
cover this up. <laughs> oh, but John, you forget how government behaves. Gallifrey and politics. What? What? American? Po- oh, 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 right. <laughs> Gallifrey and <laughs> politics. Yeah. This. No. This isn't an analogy for for the real world, folks. This is just escapism. E- exactly. It does not exist. It totally happens in the world. <laughs> so. <laughs> America's run by a shadow, shadow government. What? Yeah, those are... Do, 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 do. Um, so, basically what happens is um, we... I think there's there's one guy that we thought was kind of shady. He Oh, Goth dies. But we, yes. we decide... And we think the master's dead. We think the master's dead. So we we build the story around what we're going to tell the public, the, the Gallifrey public, is that... The master killed Goth, and Goth somehow. Oh no! And the master killed himself, or no? I think the doctor is actually made out to be the hero. Yes. So they kind of switch In it around. Case. So somehow yes. they have to adjust the truth. Yes. And they're like, "We're gonna make. We're gonna make. Uh, well, I think it's Goth because there is a line that 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 guy says that's um, if heroes don't exist. Oh my goodness! It's necessary to create them. Yes. Yeah. If heroes don't exist, it is necessary to create them. I was like, that's a fun quote. I know. That's a good one. And then this is uh, where we figure out, because I th- I feel like we find the, the master's body, and it's all gross. And well, this, it's been gross the whole episode. True, but they find it, and they're like, this is gross. And, <laughs> and it, the, this is indeed the first time we get the mention of 12 regenerations, which was answered in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So this he was at the end of his regeneration, so that's why he was all grody looking and stuff. Right. And we get this this episode had a lot of pretty good lines. We get the hair curling line, which yes. which is it's it's going it's either going to rain or I'm on to something. <laughs> it's just so good. Tom Baker at his finest. Oh yeah. And I feel like we 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 get references to the Eye of Harmony kind of throughout the serial. We do. We also, I think, round about this point, we get a big old info dump on Rassilon. Yes, there's we we find out about the seal and the sash mm-hmm. and the um, what is the thing he he care the the staff? Right. I guess it's a staff. It's kind of short to be a staff, but the scroll. It's a scroll. Something like that. We're just yep. getting info dumped like crazy. And we find out that the master, I believe there's a line that states that like he killed himself. And they're going to inspect the body. And it turns out that we have some, uh, this is some Bill Shakespeare stuff, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Good old Bill Shakespeare. Good old Bill Shakespeare. That couple, one of them took the thing and, you know, that they weren't dead. But the other guy, he didn't know that, and then he killed himself, and then, oh boy, what a pickle they were in. Are you saying that the Master and Goth were star-crossed lovers? I hope so. Ooh. <laughs> Why hey not? Now. Progressive. Uh, right. Hey, I'm all for it. I am. So Not the creepy moistness. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Master is not dead, and there's also some uh, some lines in here about how he was using the Eye of Harmony to try to get more regenerations, I believe is what it was. The Eye of Harmony paired with the sash and the the other thing. Right. It it all comes together uh, to form Voltron. I mean, um, 
something like that. Yeah, something, something like that. I, I do love that we actually get a resistance is futile line. Yes. Which I think is hilarious. Now, now the other thing, so we go to, to, we're like, oh man, he's not dead. We should go find his body. And they go down to, I guess it's, it's the tombs or wherever they're keeping his body. Actually, I don't mm. even think they move it. Did they just leave it where it was? Um, I genuinely don't remember right now. So either way. I think my biggest question is, as I have stated earlier, this is a very advanced race of aliens. Yes. They don't have comms anywhere. <laughs> they had um, they had those smartwatches. I, but, like, no one's using them when, when dangerous things are happening? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And the other thing that boggles my mind about this is if the master hates the doctor so much and he shoots the doctor which i was like oh my goodness Mm -hmm. why didn't he just kill him he's like i've stunned them all right see ya and then just runs away um i don't have a good answer for you that doesn't on some level involve a secret deep-seated love (laughs) but fair enough (laughs) i can't top that there's, I don't know. There's also a line, it's a myth, it no longer exists, and I thought to myself, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, myths can, they, they exist, you know, they, they're myths, they're just not, I, what? <laughs> Does it mean they're legends now? I guess, I don't know. Um, and I, I, I remember reading that, you know, lots of people were like, well, isn't the title of this episode or the story kind of redundant, Deadly Assassin? And I, I can't remember if it was the writer or the director actually said, well, there's plenty of bad assassins out there. <laughs> and I'm like, nice, good comeback. Excellent. So we have a, a earthquake at some yes. point and we have a fight in the earthquake. And then the the master falls presumably to his death yeah so and i here i just thought it was the set breaking which the set cost all of three pounds hey also a possibility yes now at what point was the eye of harmony an obelisk i thought the eye of harmony was a black hole i am i don't i i was really thrown off by that someone will correct me and i appreciate it but i was really thrown off by that I also have written down here nine out of ten with a question mark, and I don't know what that is in reference to. Uh couldn't tell you. Well, is this your reading for the episode? Actually, yeah, probably would be. Okay. Um, but uh, we find out that the the, the 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 so we're wrapping up the masters presumed dead, and everything seems fine, and the doctor gives a very sarcastic goodbye. Oh yes, and shoop. Off he goes. Off he goes, and then there is... <laughs> oh, man. Look, look, the master. He just crawls back into his TARDIS, and I'm like, maybe you should try and stop him? What are we... You would think? What are we doing? And, and now, wait a second. How many TARDISes will actually project your face <laughs> onto the exterior, which just happens to be a clock face? What in the world? It's the creepiest flipping clock face I have ever seen. God help me. And and I, th- I believe we just end with a laugh. Yes. We just have a laugh, basically. And then off he apparently goes. Off he goes. Uh, I I did very much enjoy this serial. I thought it was very good. Um, 
it didn't feel it didn't feel as long as it actually ran, which was two hours about. Yeah. Um, sure. I thought I thought the directing was good. I don't know if it was as good as it was in the Mind Robber, but uh, two different stories, so can't really two different levels of bonkers. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought Tom Baker did a great job, and I'm kind of glad there wasn't a companion in this. I think he he did prove. He proved everyone wrong, honestly. Interesting. I am not a hundred percent certain I agree with you. Oh, tell me your thoughts, sir. <laughs> honestly, about five minutes into the first episode, I am like, okay, I see now why we need a companion. Because oh. um, there, I felt like there were a number of points, and maybe less so later in the story, which is why I, I don't 100% agree with you. I probably 80% agree with you. Um, I felt like there were a lot of points where there was either a lot of silence and the doctor was doing something, or the doctor was talking to himself, but it was almost more exposition than like dialogue. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And and so we didn't we didn't have a companion there to be like, oh my gosh, Doctor, who are these people? Why are they doing this? And, you know, instead we've got the Doctor rattling off this stuff and, and nothing to play against. Yeah, I can see that. That that does make sense. Um, but that that's my only quibble with an otherwise uh, actually really good story. Yeah, I, I, uh, accept, I accept your uh, criticism of this story. All right. I accept it. So, Taylor. Yes. Next time... It is. Uh, it's your turn, sir. So uh, um, it, it is. But I, I think we've got. I think we should do something a little special. Oh, okay. What did you have uh, in mind? Well, I was thinking that I would um, hop into our TARDIS here and uh, jump forward to next spring and um, grab the lotto numbers. I mean, I mean, um, Ooh, wait, no, no, what? no. Grab the sports almanac. I, wait, no. No, um, not that either. Um, grab the first two episodes of class. Oh. And bring them back for us to watch. Oh, that sounds great. I could probably pick up some Chinese food while I'm at it, too. I wonder how future, near future Chinese food will taste. Do you think it'll taste the same? I would think that if it would... I'm sure it would taste fine. It would be plenty fresh. I mean, we'd have it before it's even ready. Well, but I true. think instead of being hungry an hour later, we'd actually um, be hungry an hour earlier. Oh, hmm. maybe that could be a problem. But it's a problem you know I'm willing to have. Okay, and if nothing else, we will have fortune cookies that will tell us our fortunes before our fortunes could even happen. Wait. Oh boy, this is getting oh, pretty really timey-wimey. Yeah, very timey-wimey. Yeah. So, the first two episodes of Class A. Eh? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? I think that is a fantastic idea. And I um I go th- and find my TARDIS pilot's manual then. Excellent. And I think if we enjoy those two episodes, um we should we'll need to go back no, we'll need to go forward in time again and get the next two. The next two after that? Yeah, I would think so. What if we like those two? Do we just go forward one or do we go forward two more? We just keep going forward. So we worry about, okay, forward. That's all you can do in life. I, keep moving <laughs> forward. 
you know, until this whole, you know, entropy thing gets solved, yes, that, that really is the only direction we can go. Very true. So there you go. Next time, the first two episodes of Class. Uh, I'm very excited to see this. I'm excited to hopefully enjoy it. We'll, we'll see here. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I've, I've read some good things, uh, but I've, I've also read some semi-critical stuff, but I haven't read anything bad. Well, that is a good start. That's what I'm thinking. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search The Podcastica. Look for The Gallifrey in Writing. And uh, rate and review us as well. Huge shout out to the Y Axes. They actually have an album coming out in about a month. Uh, if you search for them on SoundCloud, I'm pretty sure it's soundcloud.com slash theyaxes. I'll put it in the show notes. You can actually listen to that album, which includes the song you hear on the intro and outro. Yep. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. They look awesome. I still can't locate mine. That's a bummer. If one of you have it, please return it to me. My address <laughs> is one for... No. Um... <laughs> Support. John, what have you been doing with our listeners? I cannot tell you. Okay. On air. Uh, support Podcastica and all of the other podcasts on the Night of the Living Geek Network. Become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. And I think that is about it for us this week. So join us next week as we somehow watch episodes that haven't even aired in the United States yet. Class episodes one and two. I believe episode one features Peter Capaldi, so that's going to yes. be great. Absolutely. I will cry at the sight of him. Aww. Possibly. So um, that's it, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Woo! I will stand up and... Uh-oh. Are you there? We did not censor Taylor. He just he just dropped out and just do not hear him anymore. Strangely enough, as I talk to myself, the call hasn't dropped, and my internet hasn't dropped, and now the call has been dropped. Well, folks, that's what happens on Podcastica. Sometimes when Taylor's in the middle of telling a story, he gets disconnected.